0: Hey there! Welcome to the Rambling Gals Podcast. We are your hosts, Angela and Adriana, and here you'll find pretty much everything travel related. We took a trip a few years ago and made a fair amount of mistakes that cost us money and messed up our plans. And since then, we've worked on perfecting travel itineraries and made it a goal to get as many people as we could out into the world exploring. So here you'll find our best travel tips and tricks, interviews with other travelers and business owners, a little bit of storytelling, and a lot of tomfoolery. Thanks for listening. Hey there, and welcome to this month's Saturday session. If you are a new listener, these are our monthly episodes where I have on guests from all kinds of backgrounds. So sometimes I'll have Entrepreneurs or small business owners, other times it'll be to talk travel and destinations, and sometimes it's neither of those things, and it's just somebody interesting that I wanted to talk to. So today we have our guest Erin theme, and she fits the bill of kind of all of those topics above. Erin owns several businesses in my small hometown of Nevada City. in addition to that, <laughs> she curates content for the visit Nevada City Instagram. She's traveled the world, she just got back from a New Zealand trip that looked amazing. And she's become a solid authority on pretty much all things related to Nevada City over the years. So I'm very excited to have Erin on today. I'm going to let her jump in here and introduce herself and give a little bit of background on her involvement in Nevada City and her businesses as well. So go ahead, Erin.
1: Well, thank you very much for having me on the show. I'm honored to represent Nevada City. Um, But as you said, my name is Erin, and my husband and I own the Outside Inn, which is a renovated 1930s motor court motel in downtown Nevada City. And in addition to that, we also built and own the in-town campground, which is a campground in Nevada City as well, that has 15 acres and over 70 different campsites. Um, And then in terms of the social media, I write a blog on things to do in Nevada City for the outside in. And it's called Inside Nevada City. Um, uh, I've been writing that for over eight years and have a lot of passion over taking photos and writing content and sharing with our community and then people who come to our area to do fun things in Nevada City.
0: So the Visit Nevada City, you curate, um, you know, content from people in the community as well as your own content for in-town campground and outside in yes
1: yeah so I write a blog on the outside in's website and obviously when you write a blog you share on all sorts of social media channels but in addition to writing content for the outside in and writing Content and sharing things for the campground, I realized that I couldn't actually go to every single place that there was in our community because, as you said, I have multiple jobs and children (laughs) or responsibilities. So I found a, I saw there was a need to sort of showcase our community that wasn't necessarily my original content. So uh, a couple years back, I started the Visit Nevada City Instagram feed, which is not endorsed by the chamber. It's just some project that I do on the side, but uh, because I take all my social media and our community pretty seriously in terms of how fabulous it is and sharing it with the larger community. Uh, the account has definitely grown over the years and um, I'm always happy to showcase and share what other people are doing in our area. And It's been a great little community of people who love Nevada City just like I do.
0: Exactly. And it is a great resource for people coming to visit Nevada city also, because there's such a variety of locations here and adventures you can have. And so I go on there sometimes and I just look for places I haven't been and go explore them on my own time. So it's been a good resource for me and I'm sure for other people coming to the area. And, um, you, you are a very busy lady. (laughs) So, um, you do a great job with all of those things. And I want to talk about a little bit about Nevada City. you know, give a background for those people that have been following or listening for a while. You probably know that I am from Nevada City. Audriana is from Penn Valley, which is just um, a little bit down the road. But I grew up here and currently live here. Uh, it's in Northern California. It's a small town. There's only about 3,000 people living here. and it's a place you know you go to the Safeway and you always see somebody that you know. So it definitely has that small town feeling. And the other thing that makes it unique is it was also a gold mining town. So the downtown area has those classic historic buildings that you probably think of when you imagine a gold mining town. And I think maybe the thing I've noticed more now that I've moved back, I moved back home to Nevada City about a year ago. And when I was younger, everything seemed normal here. It didn't really seem like there was anything extraordinary in Nevada City. But now that I've moved back, I feel that sense of community And I feel much more appreciative of the area and all the things that there are to do here. There's great shops, good restaurants, and there's tons to do outside. So I want to talk to you a little bit about history with Nevada City. Are you originally from here? And what do you think gives Nevada City that special quality that not every little town has?
1: I am from Nevada City. My parents got divorced uh, when I was in elementary school and my mom decided to move to Nevada City. So I moved to Nevada City when the summer I was 10. And um, so I went to junior high and high school in Nevada City. And like most Nevada Union graduates, went to college and was like, I'm never going to live in my town. Like, why would I live in that tiny little town? My mom opened and operated the Outside In when I was in college, and after I graduated from college, I also, like many people who grew up in the area, lived in other places in the state and explored and did a dot-com business and worked at a ski resort, and then the opportunity presented it for me to work as the manager of the business as she was looking to step away from some of the day-to-day operations. So I ran the Outside In for a couple of years as an employee, and that was great, and I really enjoyed it lived in Grass Valley, and uh, got married. And then my husband decided that we should go overseas. And I was like, Wow, well, we're not just gonna pack up and move away. And we wanted to start a family. And so he decided that we would go to New Zealand, and he would get his MBA, his business degree. And so we did. And we lived in New Zealand for five years and started our family. I had two boys while we were living overseas. And when my mom wanted us to come back to live in California, a <laughs> thousand miles away, she decided it was time for her to retire. And so she um, gave us the outside in as the business to own and operate, which was obviously an amazing opportunity for us. But when I took over the business in January of 2011, I too had that same like, oh, hey, I'm from Nevada City. I give directions. I know where things are. I've done a lot of these events and um, eaten in lots of these restaurants, but I haven't done them recently. And obviously, when you go from someone in your twenties to someone in your thirties and having kids, like there are different times in your life and different ways to see things, especially through the eyes of a small child. And so that was the catalyst of the outside in blog. Cause I was like, well, there's other things to do and I better go and see and experience. I might as well document them cause I like taking pictures. So I too got to go out and explore our area with a purpose. And, and it was great to be able to, to share it to our local community and our greater community And I always tell people that I'm from Nevada City, but I have literally lived around the globe. And now I live on the same block that I grew up on.
0: (laughs) It totally makes a difference to go away for a while and come back. And like you said, see it through different eyes at different times in your life. Because I also worked in downtown Nevada City for a while. And I would give directions to people to places that I know are there, but I had never been to them. Because I feel like you just take those things for granted that are just around the corner so it's nice to come back with kind of like a fresh look and explore your own city and make it your home instead of a place that you can't wait to get out of which like you said I was like that in high school too I was like I'm never living here I got to get out of here (laughs) and it was nice to leave for a while because you get you know a different perspective on things and come back and realize that it kind of is that special place and I think the community aspect of it is what makes it so nice to live here.
1: I totally agree. I had two experiences where when I did a blog post on points of historical interest, the Chamber of Commerce has a local walking tour map, and on the back, there's a list of points of historical interest. And I went one day with my child, I think I had both children, and one of their friends, and we literally went to every single point on the map and read the plaques and learned about them. And it was great. We were having like a history lesson on within three blocks of our house. Mm-hmm. And then the outside and in and the in town campground do a collaboration with the Folk Trails Hiking Club where we do a monthly hike and they're all about local history. And there's been some great discussions of things that I didn't even know about, like the plaque at the bottom of Nevada Street that talks about the original people who traveled through our community and. It's just amazing when you actually take the time and seek out the information or bother to stop and read the plaque that you've actually walked by countless times in your life. So I feel like I'm constantly still rediscovering things that have always been here. I just never prioritized to something I should learn about.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And I've been meaning to do that, too. I need to go to the railway museum and go do the things that if I was a tourist, I would come and do because I've never done those. Never been to the firehouse museum. So I have some things on my list that I need to do. And I'm slowly checking those things off now that I've moved back. And um, you talked about the folks. Is it Folks Hiking Group or Folk Hiking Group? It's the Folk
1: Trails Hiking Club, and it's a monthly collaboration with Jessie Locks, and uh, who's a friend of mine. She grew up here as well, and we do. This is our third year of this collaboration, and uh, it has expanded. Actually, this year we have a hike every single month, um, and they're free. It's a meetup, and. We go around Nevada City, it's open to all ages and abilities of kids, dogs are all welcome. And and the one that's been the most popular the last two years has been the Historic Cemeteries walking tour. And that one starts at the outside in and we go through the Pioneer Cemetery and then up and over up off of Red Dog to the historic cemetery over there. And it's been a great opportunity to learn about history and really stop and read some of the information that you also would never necessarily stop and listen to.
0: Definitely. And that's on my list too. So I'll be joining you guys for one of those. And that's just one of the few events that are going around town. There's, I feel like there's always some event or there's a parade or there's a gathering of some sort, which you do a great job of covering in your outside in blog. You know, I think obviously running multiple businesses in Nevada City requires you to get to know the community and have that certain level of involvement. And I feel the sense of community here is kind of extraordinary. You know, people meeting up to go hiking and There's Spanish clubs happening at coffee shops. So, what part has community involvement played in your role and successes as a business owner here in Nevada City?
1: I think that the campground's a great example of that. Obviously, the outside and has been in business for a number of years, we'll be celebrating our 21st birthday this summer. And so being a business owner with an established business relationship and community outreach through the blog, when we went to go and build and start the campground, having all of that community support in, in whether or not that was from contractors or nonprofits were excited or businesses that were going to be able to take advantage of what we were offering, or just general people in the community that were excited that we were investing in our area, that really helped us in our initial opening because we had the support of our community. And I feel like if we had been a big box developer who was doing something that didn't fit with the ethos of our community, we might not have had that same level of support that we did get from our community. But I really felt that support from people in the community who were excited about what we were doing and building and happy to help in whatever ways they could.
0: Especially like the face-to-face connection of you probably see the same people on the on the hiking, you know, trails trips, and you probably see the same people around town. So, definitely, just going out and being a part of what's going on makes a huge difference. That, you know, those people are excited to see you succeed, and they're excited to see what you're going to do for their community as well. And I think that that is really a huge part of, like you said, the the ethos of. The community.
1: We, we get lots of people who come for staycations. And so even if you live in Nevada City, that definitely doesn't mean you can't come camping. It's definitely something you could do. Or one of the things that I love is that people will have other people coming from out of the area who want to come camping. And they're like, well, I want to include, I want to be a part of that experience. So they come camping too, even if they live nearby.
0: That is so fun. I would do that too. And then you have more room in your house that your house isn't taken over by visitors. Um, Okay, so there are always cool events going on. We talked about a few of them. Um, I think spring and summer are some good times for activities. Do you have any favorite events coming up in Nevada City? I, I
1: personally love the wildflowers at this time of the year down on Buttermilk Bend on the South Yupa Trail. Um, obviously, the tulips out at the Ananda's Crystal Hermitage Garden are a huge draw for people from the area. So I certainly like plenty of outdoor events at this time of the year. I mean, obviously, it's been a rainy winter, and everyone is a little excited to get up outside. But in terms of upcoming summer events that are things like, there's things that people enjoy every year, like the Children's Festival at Pioneer Park, or if they're going to go to one of the music festivals at the Nevada County Fairgrounds. Um, the First Friday Art Walk is a great community-supported event. Um, I'm obviously excited about the Movies Under the Pines for the Nevada City Film Festival's outdoor movie screenings in Pioneer Park later in the summer. So there's really no shortage of events. We could spend hours talking about things that happen in our community.
0: But I know it. <laughs> and I just did the Tulip Garden at Adnanda last year, I think. I had no idea that it was even there. Uh, I think I saw a picture actually on Visit Nevada City Mm -hmm. and had no idea that it was in the area. So Mm -hmm. things like that, that just get you outside or discovering new things in the area have been cool. That Tulip Garden is amazing. And then the movie screening is something that's on my list too. So I will check that out as well. There's just, there's a ton of stuff that I want to get more involved with. And, you know, there's tons of events in the community that I've got to show my face around a little bit more and and, uh, do some things in my own community for sure.
1: I don't think that the pressure needs to be there. I have met over the years people who have followed my blog and not necessarily who live in the area. Like I met one woman who subscribed to the blog via email and read it for years and then moved to the community. And she literally had created her own checklist of all the things that she wanted to do. So she had bookmarked things over the span of a couple of years. And then when she came to town, she made it her personal mission to make it through this list. And I loved meeting her like nine months after she'd started that (laughs) process and being like, hello, I have no idea who you are, but... (laughs) We appreciate that you've taken all of these suggestions um, and are out there making it your own little like bucket list of things to do in Nevada County.
0: It's kind of odd being on the side of writing things because I'm sure you imagine that people are reading it and taking your suggestions, but... It's a different thing when you meet somebody in real life that's like, oh, I used your whatever to plan my trip here and here and here. And it's very cool to meet people that are actually using the things that you're creating or viewing the content that you took a long time to make. And um, how cool that she made her own list. (laughs) I've got my own too that I'm working on. Um, But that must have been very cool to meet somebody that moved here and used your suggestions and made it kind of her own thing.
1: I think what's unique about the reason that I started my blog is that you also have to remember that in the day to day operations at the outside in, I give those directions and suggestions and restaurant suggestions every day to customers. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it makes complete sense that you would create an online resource so that people could go and search for them. So it's not as uncommon for me because I get the opportunity to interact with our customers who are asking the same questions, that these are just ones who are reading it from the comfort of their home. Um, we also have a really amazing group of people over the years who have read my blog post about locations for the Christmas card movie, the Har- Hallmark movie that was filmed mm-hmm. in Nevada City back in 2006. And I wrote a blog post about where, where are some of those locations in our small little town. And it is amazing. I have had guests over the last five, six years who have traveled from all over the United States, specifically read that blog post and been like, I want to come to Nevada City and <laughs> these places.
0: Oh my gosh, that's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, and it's just like a resource that is handy for you owning a business that you could just point to this thing and say, here's my list of restaurant recommendations. Here's my list of outdoor activities for you to do while you're in the area. Um, So yeah, it's a great online resource. Um, but yeah. I always
1: like to tell people that I'm I'm visually inspired and so like I can give directions and recommendations and things, but truthfully what speaks to me is the visual representation of whatever those said items I'm recommending, which is why the blog and social media and Instagram and Pinterest and Facebook are all really good mediums for me. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy capturing and showcasing our community in a visual way.
0: Yeah. So let's talk a little bit more in detail about, you know, your businesses here in Nevada City. We talked about you curating content for the Visit Nevada City Instagram page. We talked a little bit about the Outside Inn, which is just, you know, a short walk into downtown. And then your most recent project, which is the In-Town Campground. You gave some detail on, you know, your mother owning the Outside Inn beforehand Mm -hmm. and from your Instagram, I kind of gathered that the in-town campground was kind of like a passion project. You guys enjoy camping and being outside, and it was a large undertaking. So did you know that you wanted to do something in this field, or you talked about how you got started doing the outside in, but what kind of pushed you towards doing the in-town campground and taking on another huge project?
1: I totally point the finger and blame at my husband. Um his- <laughs> This <laughs> Dan, and and this is really his passion project. Um, the outside in is obviously something that I'm still obviously super passionate about and have worked in for many, many, many years. Um, but he saw a need, and, and because he had gone to business school, he saw an opportunity and was really just looking for the right property. So um, our travels in New Zealand really helped us formulate what type of a campground we thought would be a good fit for our community and bringing in some of the elements of the holiday park model that they have in New Zealand, Which includes a communal kitchen and different types of camping and close proximity to town. So when the opportunity presented itself, he was like, "I think I want to do this." And obviously, he had my full support. But if it were just me, (laughs) I would never have taken on that kind of a project. Mm -hmm. But um, we tell a lot of people that the project, because we have different strengths, it was a good team effort in the sense that he did all the permitting and all the project development and all the infrastructure oversight and. All of the actual physical, not well, he didn't actually physically build it, but he oversaw all the team that physically built it. And then I did all of the operations and the marketing and all of the back end stuff of that nature. So mm-hmm. um, it wasn't me saying, oh, let's build a campground. I know exactly <laughs> what to do. And even yeah. when it came to like, oh, let's run a campground, I know exactly what to do. Exactly. <laughs> not the case at all because a campground and a motel while they're still definitely both in the hospitality industry they're different they're different people and different customers and different needs and different seasons and but mm-hmm. it's good it's been a steep learning curve and uh, we're excited to celebrate our third birthday this summer and I feel like we have learned a lot in a short amount of time.
0: Excellent so you talked about you running you know the maybe like logistics of figuring out how to run a campground and your husband worked on building it and permitting and stuff like that. What do you think was the most challenging part of doing this? Was it like marketing? We talked about how there's, you know, you had a strong sense of community that was excited for the in-town campground. So, you know, what was the most challenging aspect of getting that up and running?
1: There were some definite issues in some of the infrastructure and the construction. Um, And so those ones are... They're not fun and exciting, and they're really expensive and stressful. So that was definitely probably the most challenging. And I think looking back, like if we had known some of the challenges that we would have had in the the construction and permitting process, I'm not really sure we would have done it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) I can imagine. (laughs) So I feel like there's always value in recognizing that not knowing all the answers can be helpful and obviously hiring the right people to help you and guide you and give you advice is a key part of doing a big project like that. So we certainly didn't do it on our own.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And for, even for myself, if I knew all of the obstacles that would come up in doing various projects, I probably wouldn't have done them either, but I think that's part of what makes it, wonderful at the end is you can stand back and look at your campground and the people that are coming from the community and the people that are bringing their friends and family. And you can stand back and really admire what you accomplished, even though at times I'm sure it was a pain in the ass for you to do. and Yeah, you can be happy about all the work you put in and persevered to get it done because it is probably very easy to just, you know, get overwhelmed by the myriad of things that you have to accomplish to get that thing up and going.
1: Yeah, we talk about like the month before we open. So we opened July first of two thousand and sixteen and we were in like serious crunch mode of construction that last month. We thought we would be able to have a, a soft opening before we opened and varying obstacles and, and I don't even need to talk about what they were <laughs> did not allow us that opportunity. So literally day number one, all pieces in place, like electrical where it needed to be, was done on the day we opened. Like it was a work. But um it was it was stressful in the sense of like it's a holiday weekend and we haven't tested this model at all
0: and oh mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Plenty of stress going on there, I'm sure. <laughs> okay, the last topic that I wanted to touch on is becoming an authority. You know, we talked about the outside in blog, how you write about all the events and happenings going on in Nevada City. And I think that you've done an exceptional job of becoming an authority. On anything and everything Nevada City related, so I think you and your blog are kind of a go-to resource for people when they're looking for things to do around town. Like I mentioned, you know, I use the Visit Nevada City Instagram, I visit your blog, um, and you know, on Facebook you promote certain events too. And so you really are, you know, kind of a very good resource for people looking for what's going on in the area. Um, I think that this is a crucial part of running a business. You know, whether it's your campground or your Um, Outside In or if it's an online business or really anything. Did you intend for the Outside In to become the go-to resource for Nevada City or were you writing it, you know, like you said, because you gave those recommendations all the time and it was just handier to have an online resource to point to? Ooh,
1: that's a good question. I mean, I feel like the answer is yes, I did intend for it to be a resource because at that time, there really wasn't a, uh, there wasn't anyone else in that space. Um, I feel like there are other organizations and businesses in our community that are talking about what they're doing individually, but there isn't really necessarily a one stop shop that's showcasing all of those things. Um, our local chamber certainly has a great newsletter, which you can subscribe to, which will give um, shout outs to certain things, but the great thing about writing your own blog is that you get to write about things that might not necessarily be business oriented. So I have had friends who are like, I like that you write about the Cub Scouts Pinewood Derby and you write about like picking up trash at the Yuba and you, mm-hmm. and you write about like things that aren't necessarily, I've written blog posts about eating cookies. You know what I mean? They're not, <laughs> right. they're not necessarily things that would necessarily fit into a classic chamber model of this is a business and this is how you can support them. Um, and so I like the freedom that I get to decide what I'm passionate about. Um, but I do, it's all very organized. I mean, I have a mission statement. I'm very consistent. Um, I always tell people that one of the probably the easiest way to get to be successful is to be consistent. And so I started writing the blog in 2011. And before we opened the campground, I published content two to three times a week. And then when we opened the campground, that was no longer sustainable. And it to a weekly blog. And I have never missed a week,
0: ever. Wow. That's tough to do too, <laughs> um, especially with all your other things going on. But like you said, what I have found, and I've only been doing you know, blog posts and podcasting for blogging for about a year, podcasting for less. And the consistency is so hard to maintain, but so crucial because if you're not staying current and being a reliable source for people, you quickly fade out of people's minds for, you know, on that topic or whatever it is. And so the consistency and just sticking with it for eight years like you have is very, very hard to do. So I commend you for that. (laughs) It's very tough to do.
1: Well, thank you. I mean, I certainly have covered the same things over year after year after Mm -hmm. year certain things like we're talking about wildflowers and tulips and, you know, the music festivals, these things happen in our community year after year. So they're still relevant. So I promise I don't have to come up with, you know, weeks worth of original content. I can just keep them still relevant and timely. Um, and as I said before, I'm super interested in the visual. So there's always new ways to showcase and and share a visual of something that I find interesting. Um, but I, did I want to become an expert? I feel like the answer to that, if I'm going to be truthful, is yeah, I did. And and I feel like after having put in all this time and the energy to do something of this nature, that I do feel confident that if someone were to
0: ask, who is the
1: go-to source that they would hopefully recommend me?
0: I think so, too. What are your best tips for anyone wanting to become an authority in their field or their community. It's something that we're working on, you know, I want to become an expert or an authority in the travel space in doing, you know, trips on your own. And with for us it's more about the sheer amount of people that are in the same space. And so I work on, you know, the consistency thing, showing up for people every week, responding to every comment and, you know, every email and just being available for, for people even when I don't always feel like it. And so that's you know, kind of what I'm working towards right now is establishing myself as an authority and an expert. And I don't expect to achieve that in, you know, a short amount of time. Um, It's kind of like a chipping away at the same thing every day, every week, every month until you're seen as being that go to person. So what are your best tips for anyone wanting to kind of become an expert in a field or their community?
1: I mean, I think everyone's going to have a different measure of success. So like if my version of success for our first year of blogging was one thing, like I look back on some of my old content and I'm like, oh, I don't know if you see in the light of day anymore. Um, but the, that I would say that the best answer to your question is, are you serving your customers? So for mine, once again, the blog was that was born from the actual day-to-day questions that the customers were asking. And then I always tell people like, for instance, with blogging, like you're going to answer the questions that the customers are asking. And then you're also going to answer the questions they should be asking. Mm -hmm. So there's plenty of opportunity and content in that regard. Like I want people to see that there's lots of things to do in our community, 365 days a year. And then if they happen to come to town, that they will stay at the outside in, or now they can come camping at the in-town campground. And and so my community support will hopefully circle back to support the businesses. Um, So my measure of success is, are there customers who have come to the business as a result of my information on things to do in the area? And the answer to that question is yes. I do get people who sometimes ask like, well, how much time do you spend on this? Does you get a return of investment? Is it worth it? And I think that's important for me to say what makes me an expert is that I'm super passionate about it. I'm passionate about our community. I'm passionate about social media. I love taking photographs. And so for me, that's an easy one for me to help justify my time and my energy on the blog and the social media because I, I really enjoy it. And I think if at any point in time, if I wasn't getting satisfaction out of it, I would probably reassess like what's an achievable goal and whether or not I can continue to do it or if I want to do it. Um, but as it stands now, like I still love it. And I love the opportunity to get out and interact with different people in our community. I love engaging with people online. I love meeting those random people who have done something because I suggested it um I love promoting local businesses because I feel like in a small town there's always opportunities to collaborate and share the love and all that other good stuff so um how do I become an expert I think I think that it's really um uh, the passion and the consistency and then the quality of standing up week after week
0: mm-hmm yep I can agree with you, and um, there's a difference between just putting out content or just interacting with people to for you know selfish reasons if you're just looking to help yourself and I think that most people can tell the difference between that and the content that is made and curated for people that are looking for those answers like you talked about some of the content that I read just on my internet looking for the day is you can tell that it's written for the person writing it rather than for the reader. Putting quality content in front of people that is actually helpful for them and showing up for them specifically rather than yourself uh, makes a huge difference for sure.
1: Yeah. And I think that it's important to know what your vision is and your voice. I think that the success of my social media is that I do put myself in it. It's not, neither of my outside in or in town campground social media channels are all about me, but I am a part of it. And I think that the readers know that. And I feel like that's probably why I felt like there was an absence in our community of someone who was collectively sharing all things about our community with their particular voice intermixed with what's happening. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And it helps to put a face to what's going on, gives it a little bit more personality than just a hotel to stay at or just any old campground to stay at is, you know, the person behind it and their passion. And you can see that coming through on social media or when you arrive there. And it's not just kind of like a stale, any old hotel or any old campground that you can stay at.
1: You know, we, the outside in has plenty of character. And I feel like anyone who comes and stays there or visits it will see that. It's readily apparent. Like, we don't fit into the cookie cutter model at all. And so, why mm-hmm. should I, my social media do that? Like, I'm going to represent who we are and what we stand for and what we're passionate about. Um, so, I feel like it's a if someone were to go back and ask, like, how do I get to that level? I would say pick something that you're passionate about and start there. And then if you have an audience of one, if you have an audience of 10, if you have an audience of 100, you're going to be successful. You're going to be an expert if it's something that you care about.
0: Exactly. Yep. That would be like school if you're just writing things that you don't really care about and studying things you don't really care about. It makes all the difference in the world, too. Be involved in something that you genuinely care about and can continue learning about all events in town that (laughs) I haven't been to um, and all the history that there is to learn and to just want to learn those things definitely um, makes a difference in kind of everything you do.
1: Another thing that has helped me in that sense that I have been blogging for a long time is that I am constantly learning. Like, I don't feel like in the the land of social media, something is always changing. So there's always something new or a new way you can do things. And I feel like all of those years of experiences really helped me. I can people always ask like, how long does it take to do certain things? And I, I have a whole toolkit full of expertise. And so some things for me are, don't take nearly as long as they would for somebody else. But I'm constantly looking for other people's inspiration and learning from other experts in the field or other fields, but things that I can use and add to my toolkit. So I feel like that's probably another good piece of advice for somebody is find other people, and maybe they're mentors, maybe they're a mastermind maybe they're just people that you admire from afar and sort of listen and and take from them things that you can use on your own outlet whatever that might be.
0: That's a great tip also. That's something that I try to do as well because there's always somebody that has more knowledge about a certain topic or a certain destination that I can, you know, kind of pick their brain or ask them certain questions about so that I have that knowledge now. And yeah, it's hard to learn from <laughs> from for anything, if you're not willing to, you know, sit down and talk to other people about how they became successful or, you know, what's their take on certain things. So being open to learning and, you know, not thinking that you have all of the knowledge about everything and being open-minded has been helpful for me as well.
1: And I think also in recognizing that with other people, if you think about like small businesses, I recognize that not every business in my community has social media or understands social media Mm -hmm. recognizes how to use social media. And so so just because I come with a wealth of knowledge, I have to constantly understand and educate to the level that I can where there is value in certain things. And it's not always easy. And sometimes I too get frustrated on the like, oh, if only I could just work with people who get it, who understand mm-hmm. my life and that doesn't always work out that way so sometimes you have to be more patient and understand that everyone's at a different level and that just because I've been doing it for a long time doesn't mean that there isn't opportunities for success with someone who's maybe a few steps behind me or doesn't isn't even in the game at all but Mm -hmm. we could still work together and make things happen even if we're at different levels in the social media game
0: definitely yeah well those were some really great tips on becoming an authority Um, something that myself and Adriana have been trying to implement. And I'm sure lots of the people listening are trying to implement as well. I think that's the hardest part for a lot of people is, you know, being open-minded to, you know, learning new things, working with other people of different skill sets and, you know, just making it, making the effort to produce good content, not just to hit your guideline of, you know, one blog post a week. It's just to do it for your readers and for those people that, you know, have those questions that they need answered and creating that content specifically for them. So I really appreciate all the tips. And it's been wonderful to talk to you and, you know, learn a little bit about your outside in and the outside in blog and all the things that you're doing within the community and all the events that you help promote. And um, I just really appreciate you taking the time out to come today. I think I'll probably might ask you to come on and talk about New Zealand since you lived there for five years. And I know you guys go back to vacation uh, every once in a while. So I might yeah. have you on again to talk all about New Zealand.
1: I would love to. I, um, I did, I did put together a blog post of our photos from our recent travels and man, it gives me a serious case of wonder less than I was even there. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would be happy to share about New Zealand and travels and travels with small children was something that we did a lot of while we were there. And now our children are not so small, but it's still important to think about traveling with teenagers and what that looks like and, and what, what one has to think about and anticipate when going abroad.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's a challenge all on its own. <laughs> Let people know where they can find you online and join your community. You know how you have a space to join the Outside In blog. Um, so give everyone all your social medias and ways to connect with you.
1: Sure. Um, so the Outside In's website is outsidein.com and you can subscribe to the blog online. There's a sign up on the homepage. Otherwise, you can go to the direct URL outsidein.com forward slash blog. And then the InTown Campground is inTownCampground.com. We also do a blog monthly about things that are happening at the campground and local events on there as well. And my social media on all various platforms is Outside In or InTown Campground. Um, the outside in Facebook is outside in Nevada City. But if you go to the website, you can find all of the social media icon buttons on the top header of the homepage. And uh, I always love interacting with people. So feel free to shout out and say you had to listen to this podcast, and I will most definitely respond.
0: Perfect. Well, thank you again so much for coming on today, taking time out of your busy schedule. I'm sure you got lots of things going on today. Thank you again for being here. And, um, for everyone listening, we will be back recording bi-weekly episodes. Adriana just got back from Europe. So we have some exciting episodes coming up about Thailand and about Europe, and I'm heading to Yosemite soon. So we're going to have some episodes about Yosemite and we will be back soon. So thank you so much for listening and I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Rambling Gals podcast. You can always head to our website theramblinggals.com for more travel resources and our archive of podcast episodes. If this podcast was right up your alley, we would love to receive a review from you. And please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode from us. See you on the next one.